Praise God. Welcome to everyone tonight. If you're guests with us tonight, again, we welcome you. And as I've already said, this is Thursday night, which is a little bit different than our normal service in a lot of ways. And so uh, continuing along those lines, but we're thrilled to have you. If you're joining us online, wherever you may be, we welcome you as a part of this service tonight as well. And uh, obviously, we've already prayed for Bishop. We give honor to him and Mother Wright tonight, and <laughs> praise God. Obviously, encourage you to keep him in your prayers. Amen. I want to. Um, I don't. I don't want to call this part two from a couple of Thursday nights ago because it's it's not really going to be part two, uh, but I do feel like it is somewhat of a continuation. Of that and uh, the verse Second Corinthians, you can't read it, and my good news is I can't read it either. Second <laughs> Corinthians six and twelve says, "Wherefore come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you." Uh, th- there is, there is. I, to me, it's it is increased in the last several years, especially. There, there is a bombardment against the Word of God. There is a bombardment against the teaching and the preaching of the Word of God. It's okay to teach. It's okay to preach as long as you don't say anything that would offend anybody. As long as, long as it's all very broad and wide open to interpretation. And, and we're in a very dangerous time. And as I, as I said a couple of weeks ago, the, 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 the thing that troubles me is, is it's not just the religious world out there that's being affected, but unfortunately I believe we're at a point where some apostolics are being affected by the spirit, and I believe it's a spirit of this age. And so I, 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 as I did a couple of weeks ago, I want to challenge you a little bit tonight, and, and if I get to where I'm going, we'll see. I'm not going to try to rush this, and, and I realize we've had a lot going on already, um, but uh, I, I want to share a couple of things as a foundation to what I ultimately feel like I have for this evening, um, so we'll see if we get there or not. Ezekiel chapter 22, verses 23, starting with verse 23, and that wouldn't be through 16, that would be through 26. The word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, say unto her, Thou art the land that is not cleansed, nor rained upon in the day of indignation. There is a conspiracy of her prophets in the midst thereof. Like a roaring lion ravening the prey, They have devoured souls, they have taken the treasure and precious things, they have made her many many widows in the midst thereof. Who who is it that the Lord is telling Ezekiel has done that? The prophets, the ministers, the, I think it's safe to say it this way, the preachers. What have they done? They have like a roaring lion ravening the prey, they've devoured souls. They've taken the treasure and precious things. They've made her many widows in the midst thereof. And verse 26 is really the specific part of this, uh, the specific verse in this passage I want to draw your attention to. 
Her priests have violated my law and have profaned mine holy things. Her priests, not, not, not Hollywood, not the media, not the politicians, the, the, the spiritual leaders, they have profaned mine holy things. They have, and, and here, here's why, they put no difference between the holy and profane. Neither have they showed difference between the unclean and the clean. And they have hid their eyes from my Sabbaths, and I am profane among them. The issue is, I could say it this way, the pulpit has not made a differentiation between holy and profane. Clean, unclean. There is no holy and profane anymore. There is no clean and unclean anymore. There is no separation and distinction is what the Lord is saying to the prophet. The Amplified Bible says it this way. Her priests have done violence to my law and have profaned my holy things. They have made no distinction between the sacred and the secular. They have made no distinction between the sacred and the secular. I said it to you two Thursday nights ago. I'll say it again tonight in case you hear it. That week, that two weeks ago, that week prior to Thursday night service, I was at a Christian music concert. If I blindfolded you and stuck you in the middle of that concert and you didn't know who the group was and you didn't know where it was, you didn't know anything about it, and you just sat there and listened and watched, and I ask you, is this a Christian concert or is this a worldly concert, you probably would have guessed worldly. They have put no distinction between the sacred and the secular. So you, you, you look at church services online and, and the sanctuary looks like a dark and dim and smoke and lights and we, we got some of that stuff. No smoke. The lights. These lights can change colors, and we got some, we got to figure out a new place for them. They can, they can put designs on the walls. They can, they can, not, not opposed to all of that stuff. The, the problem is when, when you have to have all of that, because if you don't have all of that, people don't get anything. They need the distraction. I, I have, I have made a, I have made a stand at Antioch. That on our screens, for our words, for preaching, for scriptures as well as music, that we do not have moving whatever in the background. I do not, my wife, and I'll, I'll preface with this so I don't offend anybody. Angie will tell you she has ADD, okay? She will tell you that, so... Brother Isaac will tell you he has ADD. Don't text him while he's trying to talk. He can't handle that. I don't. I'm not easily distracted, but I've sat in services where whether it was the words for the song or the words on the scriptures while the preacher was preaching and constantly being distracted by the motion and the movement in the background. 
If we need that to keep your attention, we've got a major problem. If we need that to keep you entertained, we are, we're doing something way wrong. Or if, if we can't connect with him in a way to communicate to you in a way that we've got your attention, he's an awful small God. I have no issue. These are my notes. I made these notes and I I don't have issues with that kind of stuff. But it's just got to be a supplement. It can't be a part of the production. The production that we have has got to be about His presence. That's the production. Getting in His presence. Getting you in His presence. Getting our guests in His presence. Getting people that need something in His presence. If all of that is necessary to distract from the fact you're not getting in His presence, there is a problem. They put no difference between the sacred and the secular. Neither have they taught people the difference between the unclean and the clean. And they have hid their eyes from my Sabbaths, and I am profaned among them. Man, church has gone downhill. I mean church services. You can go, I mean, you can, now, now, I mean, there, there's internet church, so you can just stay at home in your living room and never leave. And I mean, there's all kind of options, because we, when we lack the presence... When we lack the move of the Spirit of God, when we lack God touching lives and transforming lives, and we're still trying to keep the doors open, we got to work on ways to keep people coming. Jesus said, and, 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 and this isn't the exact context, but I think the principle applies. If I be lifted up, if I be lifted up, I will draw to me. If somehow we can just lift him up, he doesn't get outdated. He doesn't get replaced by something new and better. I, I, you don't get the opportunity, which sometimes it's a, it's a curse, not a blessing, but sometimes it's a blessing to stand up here and be able to watch what's going on and, and to watch as, as little children will come down to this altar, six and seven years old. They, they have no theological basis for what they're doing. They can't give you book, chapter, and verse for why they're doing what they're doing. They, 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 don't, they don't even understand what they're doing. Partly what they're doing is probably they're seeing somebody else doing it, so they're copying them. But I've watched time and time and time again as a, as a child without the knowledge and understanding that adults have make that connection with God. And at five and six and seven years old, as tears start to flow down the face and in the same service, there's a grandmother or a grandfather somewhere else that's got the same connection. That's how big God is. I mean, if, if we're going to throw a party, if we're going to throw a party, we, we've got to work on having something for everybody. Some of us are at an age, we'll come to a party, just give me a chair and a cup of coffee or tea and I'm fine. Somebody to talk to or nobody to talk to. <laughs> but uh, there, there's got to be, you gotta, you got to have something to do. And so the world has to focus in on a demographic. 
I ain't even getting anywhere near where I'm trying to get to. The world has to determine its demographic. I, I doubt seriously there's any 60 or 70 year olds here tonight that got your clothes from Abercrombie and Fitch. Is that the one you shouldn't even be going in anyway? Is that the... Give me one y'all can go in, y'all young people. H&M. I doubt most of you middle-agers are shopping at H&M. If you've got any kind of a normal physique, you ain't shopping there. They don't make their stuff for people like us with a normal physique. I guess they do for some of you. Some of us, they don't. Thin, tight fit stuff. I don't... Was it... What is that? What is it called? Skinny fit or whatever? Is that what it's called? Slim fit. Slim fit. <laughs> slim fit. I wore slim fit when I was about nine months old. That's it. <laughs> You're not going there because it's not geared to you. We, you, you go to the, you know, you go to the Coles and Macy's, if you got enough money, Nordstrom or something, but you know, they got the, they got the, they got the variety for all ages. Very few things the world does can it reach everybody. But we can come together. And the young and the old and the middle age can connect and get something and receive something because that's how big God is. That's how awesome and amazing God is. And again, when you get God moving and working, sorry if you're tired of hearing about it. I haven't said much about it lately, so I'll give you a little bit of break. But several weeks ago, to stand in that arena with 20,000 or so, 18,000 people, the majority of them being young people, and, 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 and be in that atmosphere that's charged with the presence of God and, and not being entertained. And at times when there was no singing and nobody was leading in worship and a, and a Friday night altar call where the musicians and praise singers never even sang. And they literally got up and said, I'm sorry, but we have to leave the arena. That's how big he is. But if he's not working and moving and we're trying to do religion, we got to come up with programs and gimmicks and tricks and try to fake you into thinking something's happening when it's not happening. Why well, I'm off on all that. The Message Bible, your priests have violated my law. Your priests and desecrated my holy things. They can't tell the difference between sacred and secular. Not, not the saints, not the members, not the, not the visitors. He's saying the priests can't tell the difference between the sacred and the secular. I, I'm conf I, I don't mean this to be a judgmental statement, and if that's what it is, honestly, I apologize. I'm convinced there's some Christian music artists that the only reason they're Christian music artists is because they just couldn't make it secularly. 
and they found a niche where they could get some popularity, notoriety, make some pretty good money, and, and, and enjoy it. But they're, they ain't no more spiritual than that monitor is. Well, brother, I don't have that. I mean, they write some good songs. They sing some good stuff. Yes, and Balaam's donkey delivered a message from God. The message does not automatically validate the messenger. I may preach to you a word from God here tonight. That doesn't mean God's putting his stamp of approval on everything in my life. That's what grace and mercy helped me do. They not only can't they tell the difference between the sacred and secular, they tell people there is no difference between right and wrong. They're contemptuous of my holy Sabbath, profaning me, trying to pull me down to their level. They can't tell the difference, and they tell people there's no difference not sin there's no sin it's just just a, you know whatever no i'm sorry and and i am i am i i guess i'm still young enough that some of this stuff gets under my skin more than it should i'll try to mature a little more quickly and a little better than i have but i am sick and tired of just because you take a stand or draw some lines you are automatically legalistic. I don't know if I'll get, I don't know how far I'll get. I may not get much farther than this. If I get to what I came, thought I really came for tonight, I, I, I actually did. And I, I, I really, if you don't have a good foundation, I wouldn't encourage you to do this. But I, I did a little bit of looking on the internet to see what else was being said. And you can find, you can find websites that are devoted to telling you why anybody that stands for this or that or lifestyle or whatever, it's all legalism. Why is it everybody's trying to argue about taking the walls down, the boundaries down, the fences down, the protection down? Why isn't there somebody fighting for it to remain? Every generation comes along and thinks they're smarter than the last ones. You can't get any smarter than the infallible, unchanging, eternal Word of God. Can't get any smarter, can't get any wiser. There's nothing the world has to offer. There's new, there's no new philosophy or thought or whatever the world's got that supersedes the eternal word of God in which I can find life and peace and direction for a benef a, a prosperous, blessed life. And, and the sad thing is when when, when people that claim to be apostolic start allowing that stuff to gnaw on their brain and their spirit. Go, 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 if you haven't, 
ever or if it's been a while, go, go read a little bit again about the children of Israel. Naturally, the natural in the Old Testament. They, their constant struggle, one of their constant struggles was trying to, to fit in and take on the practices and the, and the, and the whatevers of the world around them, the, the nations they were in, and the, the, whether they were as, as in slavery or just the nations around them and, and the customs and the practices and, and, and the intermingling they kept trying to do and see how, 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 how staunch God was on them being separated from all of that and then understand that all of that happened in the natural so that in 2015 you and I had an understanding of the spiritual and if you can show me in the Old Testament where all of that separation and the, and the things that God put up as protections didn't matter then then I'll accept that it doesn't matter now but when I read about all that, and, and there's a whole lot more than Ten Commandments, folks. There was a whole lot more than Ten Commandments. We always, the Ten, the Ten Commandments, there were hundreds of commandments that God gave to them about everything. Well, it's the New Testament, and we're not under the law anymore, so we don't have to have all of that. Well, how about what the Word of God says in, in the New Covenant? In the old covenant, I wrote it on tables of stone and I wrote it down on, on paper. But when I do this new covenant, I'm going to write the law in your heart. Everything that I established in, in, in the old and, and, and put down on paper, I'm now going to put it inside of you so that you don't have to have a reference book to check out when you need to know what to do. But if you'll let my law be written in your heart, when you've got to make a decision, it's going to be in your heart. I don't know about you. I never had success with an open book exam. I never had success with it. Because when I knew I had an open book, an open note exam, I didn't really apply myself studying. Because I counted on the fact that sitting there in that classroom, I could go find what I needed. I had much greater success sitting down to take a test based on what I had put in my brain. And when I was asked the question, it was able to come to mind than trying to find it. If all you have is the reference book of the Word of God and for direction and decisions in your life, you got to have an open book exam. You're not going to be successful. That's why the psalmist said, Thy word have I hid in my heart. I put it in my heart so that it will direct the course of my life and the decisions that I make. And huh, you got to sit in the moment you're about to make some kind of significant decision in your life. And well, well, let me see. What did the preacher say about that one? Well, what does Antioch teach about that? not going to last. You may do that a little while, but it's not going to last. What's going to last is when you're about to make a decision and there's something down inside that's gnawing on your mind that says, whether you like it or not, this is the way you need to go and this is what you need to do. And when I allow that law to govern my life, I find the blessings that I'm looking for that I can't get any other way. 
So we stand and tell people there's no difference between the sacred and the secular, the clean and the unclean. What, what, it, it amazes me how, many, how much plain stuff, and I don't mean stuff that requires deep study and interpretation. I'm talking about plain stuff in the Word of God that, that we so easily ignore. Especially some things that are, I mean, they're, they're, they're red letters, folks. There's a song, I don't remember who sings it, what, it may be, I think I'm thinking it may be a southern gospel song, but something about, you know, you, the, the words you, you gave me in red. <laughs> Maybe if you've got a red letter edition Bible, you need to get rid of it. Because if the only words you think are from God are the ones in red, you're missing a whole bunch of good stuff. But Jesus' words, straight, narrow, confining, restricting. That straight is not necessarily talking a straight line. It's constricting, confining is the way that leads to life. And few find it. But broad, broad is the way. Broad is the way. Unconfining, unrestricting is the way that leads to destruction. And there's many on that road. I, I, I hope I don't have to say it, but I will say it. Just, just to be on record tonight saying it. I am not teaching, preaching to you tonight a self-righteous, judgmental attitude or spirit. That's not that, if that's what you have or we have, we, we don't have anything. Not preaching holier than thou. I, 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 I've been born and raised in this church. My parents founded this church within the first... <laughs> I heard somebody saying the other day, a preacher or somebody, they, they went to church, I think it was, brother, it was Brother Shatwell, nine months before they even were born. That, that was me. <laughs> I've been in this all my life. I, I, I've never drank alcohol. I never smoked. and I was a virgin when I got married. I, I, was, I was, you know, whatever. I was... Some of you... We're drug addicts, alcoholics, fornicators, robbers, thieves, homosexuals. You are no more of a sinner than I was. I am no less of a sinner than you were. <laughs> we're all sinners in need of a Savior. The fact that I was fortunate enough not to do all that stuff doesn't make me any better and give me a right to look down my nose at anybody else. And the fact that you used to do all of that and now have been washed and made clean and brand new doesn't give you the right to judge them either. All of that being said, there's got to be a difference between the sacred and the secular, the clean and the unclean. It's not the same, and it does matter. 
I don't think I'm going to get any farther than this, and this isn't even what I thought I was getting to, so I will quit with this, I think. <laughs> Second Thessalonians 2.11 For this cause, God shall send them strong delusion. No, notice Ezekiel said, the issue is the priests. The issue is what's being preached or not being preached. Now God says through Paul... God, not the devil, not the devil, hello, not the enemy. God will send strong delusion that they may believe a lie. Who may believe a lie? It's in verse before that. Those who receive not a love for the truth. Well, Brother Wright, you know, I, I like coming to church here and, and, and it's, you know, great people and there's good stuff going on, but I'm just not into all that doctrine stuff. I mean, I, I'm not so, you know. Paul said, you don't love truth. If you don't love truth, God himself said it the other night, you, you can rebuke the devil, and if it's the devil, he's got to stop. We, 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 all, we know about spiritual warfare. We know about reaching the lost. We know we got to deal with the spiritual blindness. But that's the devil. God has not brought the spiritual blindness to the unsaved. That's the devil blinding their eyes, and so we can take authority and dominion over that. But when God sends strong delusion, you can bind and loose all you want to. God is not subjected to your binding and loosing. And so if you do not receive a love for truth, the unchanging truth of the Word of God, truth does not change. What was truth? 4,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, 40 years ago, 15 years ago, 5 years ago, is still truth today. It doesn't change just because the times change. Just because laws change. Just because politicians change. It doesn't change. God sends strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth but have pleasure in unrighteousness. You know that loving God everybody wants to just talk about, that He's only a loving God? That loving God, if you do not receive love for the truth, will send you a strong delusion. Why? So that you will believe a lie. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. Whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse number 15. Therefore, brethren, stand fast... And hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. Hold fast the traditions we have taught you, whether it's what we taught you in person or what we've taught you by written letter. Hold fast to those things. Now the word tradition here is not tradition in the sense of your holiday traditions. I'm talking about truth. 
Talking about the, the truth of the Word of God. The Amplified says it this way, So then, brethren, stand firm and hold fast to the traditions and instructions which you were taught by us, whether by our word, whether by our word of mouth or by letter. Seems to me what Paul is saying is, don't be swayed and influenced by somebody else that's coming along with some other new idea or concept. Hold fast to what it is we delivered to you. I understand it's my father. I know I got the same last name. I understand all that. I can't help all that. For better or worse, I, 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 I didn't determine who I was. I didn't choose my life. So I say this statement not based on familial relationships, but based on my role as senior pastor of this church and as a member of this church. Why in the name of God we let somebody that comes flying through every now and then that hadn't given blood, sweat, and tears introduce to us some doctrine and we'll buy that over somebody that's given a life to this. You're going to let somebody that's never prayed one minute for your soul. Never fasted one day for your salvation. Never stayed awake one night concerned about your family. And let them come along with some doctrine of liberty and you're going to chase after it like a, I don't know what. I know I didn't all say that there, but that's kind of the gist I get from what Paul's saying. You need to hang on to what we gave you. We need to hang on to what you need to hang on to what we put in your spirit. Hold fast, stand firm. Not looking for every new idea. Chasing every wind of doctrine. You stick around long enough, there's going to be somebody that comes along that says what you want to hear. Hang on long enough. If there's something you don't like, somebody's going to come by and tell you there's a way to get what you want the way you want it. I, I can preach to you about anything I want to preach to you and give you a verse for it. <laughs> I can find some verses that will tell me what I want to hear and ignore all the countless others <laughs> that tell me what I don't want to hear. I know some of you are in the medical profession, nurses, whatever, and, and, and some of you aren't in the medical profession, but you're pretty knowledgeable and all that stuff. And, and, and so I know there's probably a few of you that do this. I know. But I have never gone to the doctor for a problem. And then when he gave me the diagnosis, got into some big, huge, long debate with him. Or her. Well, I, I don't know how you think you can tell me that. I mean, really, you think, well, I looked on the Internet and I found that. 
I, I know some of you do this, and, and, and unfortunately I don't. Pray for me, and I, I, maybe I'll change. But if I go to the doctor and he diagnoses me or she diagnoses me and gives me a prescription, I don't question it. I know some of you, you, you question it or you, I ain't putting that stuff in my body. As long as it's not one of those commercials where there's 55 out of 60 negative things that can happen. I'm <laughs> Why? Because I trust him. I trust his education and training. Why would you let the enemy get up in your crawl? And cause you to question and doubt everything a man or woman of God has to say. Based on somebody that's telling you just what you want to hear. You can find it, folks. You can find it. You can find a, you can find a church out there that's going to tell you what you want to hear. What you, you can find it. You can find it. According to the word of God, there should be some distinction and there should be some truths and there should be some doctrine that is unchanging, unchanging. The Lord willing, I'll get next week to what I thought I was going to get to tonight. I'm not even going to delve into it with five minutes before class is out. So stand, please. Lord Jesus, you are more than aware of and know and understand even better than we do with the best of grasp of knowledge we may have on it, of the condition of the world we're living in, the times we're living in, the things that are going on. You know all of the, the fallacies and the errors that are being thrown our way. You understand it all. God, you brought us to the kingdom for such a time as this. I pray that by your grace, you would help us to be able to discern, to be able to know what is right versus what is wrong. To allow the hunger of our spirit, our inner man, to override the desires and the appetites of our flesh. That rather, rather than making our decisions on our life based on what appeals most to our flesh, to allow the decisions to be based on what is speaking to our inner man, our spirit man that is open, connected to you. I pray tonight, God, for any individual here that may be struggling with some of the thoughts and the ideology of this present age and its bombardment upon the church, that you would give strength tonight, that you would give ears to hear what you say, to give ears to discern what you're saying. God, that in the midst of all of the voices that are screaming out to us, all of the voices that are trying to influence us, that we would be able to tune in to that unchanging, still small voice and follow what it says no matter what all the other voices may be calling out in our lives. Help us tonight, Father. Help us to be stable. Help us to have the love 
for the truth. I pray, God, that every individual, from the youngest to the oldest in this sanctuary tonight, God, you would put within us a love for truth. Not just the love for the emotional experience, not just the love for the, the emotional hype that we may have, but a love for truth, a love for your unchanging word, the principles of your word that are unchanging, God. In the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that where sin abounds, grace doth much more abound. And your power and ability is able to keep us, to sustain us. In the name of Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Pray that the rest of your week is blessed. In Jesus' name.